Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Investing on a Budget. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Beckham. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our third episode. Today's topic is going to be about budgeting. Um, we're going to talk about why you should have a budget and different types of budgets. For me, budgeting was my mom's do-all, end-all form of financial literacy, so it was hammered into me from a young age. I'm sure nearly everyone listening has at some point heard somebody say, it's just not in the budget. And it makes sense. The obvious choice to manage money is to force every dollar into a specific category. But what happens when that gets too stressful, too difficult, or too time-consuming? In today's episode, we're going to discuss some popular budgeting strategies, the advantages of having a budget, and then bust some common myths about budgeting. Let's get right into it. We're going to jump right into the research section today. Those of you who are returning listeners may remember our Financial Week segment. We've moved that to the end of the episode from here on out. Beckham, I know you did a ton of research, as you always do. What'd you learn? I think we need to start off with why do we need a budget in the first place? An article from Investopedia gives us the rundown of five main reasons why we need a budget. The first point is long-term goals. So this kind of this could include your retirement, a house, or a car. And setting a little bit of money aside weekly or monthly can help you reach those long-term goals. The second point was that it can keep you from overspending. So you're going to dedicate portions of your money to certain categories. And that's going to prevent you from spending too much in a certain category. And the third point was that it could help you make retirement savings easier. By dedicating a certain portion of your money towards retirement, you're definitely going to reach a lot faster than you would without a budget. And the fourth point was that it can help you prepare for emergencies. So we often talk about having an emergency savings fund, which should be equivalent to six months worth of spending. And the fifth point was it can help reveal your spending habits. So having a budget can help you identify where you're spending too much money and where you're spending too less. And you can readjust your budget to meet equilibrium. I have a few more reasons why you may want to budget. One of them is feeling secure in your finances. If you know what you have, you also know what you don't have, which means that everything is just going to be a little bit more clear. It's a lot easier for me to say, I can't go out. I already spent my budget this week than it is to look at a three to five digit bank account and determine if I can afford that $10, $20 charge or not. Secondly, it's important to pay bills and enjoy your life. If you know exactly how much you have to spend when you're out with friends or if they ask if you want to do something, you're able to say yes as long as you have enough money without worrying about cutting into the money you might need for bills. And then finally, it's important to reduce your guilt. It feels a hell of a lot better to spend money on a treat when it was meant for treats than when it could have been spent on anything. There's a sense of guilt around spending money on frivolous or unnecessary things, but when that purchase was already laid out, it feels like it was actually meant for that. With that being said, I think the second portion of our time today should be devoted to the different types of budgets, because not every budget here is going to fit for you. The first budget that we're going to discuss today is a zero-based budget. And for me, this is one of my favorites. This is typically best for people who have a consistent income and expenses. So you're able to calculate how much monthly income you have, and then you're going to subtract all your monthly expenses, and you should get the number zero. If you have more than zero, then that's money that you can use for saving or paying off debts. Each bit of money has its own purpose. So it might have a category or a task like saving, food, living, school, etc. It is not the most popular for people our age because it's hard for any of us working hourly jobs or working freelance jobs to figure out exactly how much they're going to get per month. So we have other options that might work better for you. The second type of budgeting we researched was pay yourself first. It's best used for super savers or those who are really trying to get out of debt. It involves setting a monthly number that you'll put towards your goals, and then you'll use the rest to live your life as you see fit. Beckham, do you have more? These type of budgets are typically better for someone who does not want to list every specific monthly expense like you would in a zero-based budget. Our third type of budget today 
is going to be the envelope system budget. This is typically quite outdated. It only works if you are a person that only uses cash. So basically what this budget entails is filling an envelope with cash for each category. These categories could be your groceries, your gas money, etc. The only downsides of this is that you're going to be carrying around an envelope of cash, which is something you could potentially lose. And if you're a credit or debit card user, you're going to be unable to use those cards. I encourage everybody who's around me to use this system and then leave your purse outside. And the fourth type of budget we're going to be discussing today is the 50-30-20 budget, which is also one of my favorites. This is best for people who need to categorize their needs over their wants. This also requires less work than the zero-based and envelope budgets. And it's really good at breaking down your expenses into three main categories. These are comprised of your necessities, which correspond with 50% of your budget, while your wants correspond with 30% of your budget, and your savings debt repayments, or investing count for around 20% of that budget. And all these percentages can be adjusted to your needs. Yeah, this is the most common budget for people our age, and it's also the most manageable. It's what I use when I had an hourly job, and it's very, very customizable. As we mentioned, you just need to find the numbers that work best for you. I think we should now talk about what budgets we use personally. Sounds good to me. For me, I do not have a budget. This is partially due to the fact that I do not have any income at the moment. And in the past, my income and expenses were very inconsistent which made it very difficult to establish a budget. But my ideal budget would be an alteration of the 50-30-20 budget. The percents would be 50-25 and then another 25. The 50% would be dedicated to my checkings account, which would cover any gas, bills, groceries, and etc. And the other 25% would be broken down into savings with two separate categories. 10% would go to my savings and my Bank of America account, while the other 15% would go to my high-yield savings account with Discover. And then the last 25% would be completely dedicated to investing. And this is broken down to four main investing categories. 5% of that money would go directly into the QQQ index. The other 5% would go into the SPY index. And another 5% would go into FFIJX, which I talked about in past episode, which is a target date index fund. And then the other 10% remaining would be dedicated to individual stocks. I, on the other hand, don't budget all my money, but I do budget some of it. I make sure to meet my financial goals. So every two weeks, I put $40 into an account on Robinhood for food and going out. And every week, I put $20 into the stock market. This allows me to make sure that I'm still meeting my goals for investing and staying under my spending goals for food and going out. Other than that, I really don't budget much. I just try to stay conscious of what I spend and make sure I'm not spending too much money. Honestly, as a college kid, it's just not worth the amount of time that I have to take to budget to go any deeper than that. I just try to make sure I keep myself financially healthy and make sure I'm meeting all my goals. I think that wraps that about wraps up our discussion segment. We'll be right back after the ad break and we'll talk about some frequently asked questions. Quinn, I know you researched some myths about budgeting. You want to go into more detail about those? Yeah, so the first myth that I found was that you have to budget to be financially smart. I want to say that budgeting is a form of financial awareness, but a lack of a budget does not necessarily imply financial literacy. What's most important is coming up with a system that not only satisfies your goals, but is easy and keeps you happy. Somebody who's unhappy also isn't meeting their goals just because they're meeting their financial goals. A second myth that I found was that your budget has to plan for every dollar. There were a lot of people on the internet on r slash budgeting on Reddit complaining about the fact that they just don't want to go through every dollar they have and give it a job. 
Some people have found a lot of success with partial budgets or spending plans. I, for example, just like I mentioned in the last segment, allocate myself $40 for food and going out every two weeks by putting it automatically on my Robinhood debit card to limit spending and reinvest the change. Everything else I just try to stay conscious of. Finally, I found that a lot of people think that budgeting prevents spontaneity. I actually mostly saw this on TikTok with financial advisors talking about budgeting and everybody in the comments talking about how they just never be able to do anything fun because they have a budget. But this is completely wrong, and I think it really boils down to the difference between impulse and spontaneity. Budgeting prevents impulsive decisions, like when you're walking through Target and your girlfriend sees Starbucks and she makes you buy her some. This is just a random example, you know, asking for a friend. Budgeting prevents the impulsive decision, not the fun that spontaneous spending can offer. In fact, a good budget will actually reserve money for what some people call rainy days, for when you just want to do something fun and spur of the moment. I think that about wraps it up for the myths. We'll be right back with our financial week and then we'll end the episode. Now it's time to talk about our financial week. This is at the end of the episode instead of the beginning, but it's going to stay this way, so deal with it. To this week, I spent a lot of money. It was Valentine's Day week, which gives you a hint of when we record these episodes. I spent about, mm, about 130, 140 bucks. Not all of that was on my girlfriend, but Valentine's Day is kind of an expensive holiday. That's why we talked about investing. That's why we're talking about budgeting now. I've been budgeting this money out for two or three months now to make sure that I had the amount of money that I needed to take her to the arcade that we go to every year. And we got food, we got pizza, we got some sushi. It was a, it was a great day. Oh. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't spend much. I bought $30 worth of golf balls. What about you, Beckham? Um, I only spent around $22. Fuck you. Now let's move on to investments. Beckham, how'd you do this week? Actually, I did really well until the end of this week. All stocks plummeted, which was very disappointing. QQQ went down. The SPY went down. But since we last recorded, I'm up roughly $100. That would have been a lot more if I didn't lose $115 today. I... Invested in a lot more individual stocks, which is pretty new to me. So this week, I bought a full share of Super Micro Computer Incorporated for a, a total of around $700. That really has been the stock that's helped pump my Roth IRA up. And then I eventually got stopped out of CRWD and NOW, which I invested in the past week, which was kind of unfortunate. But I reinvested in CRWD yesterday. And I also bought a full share of Netflix. I, on the other hand, went down this week only by about 0.9897%. Again, I have no idea what happened to my retirement account. I have a Roth IRA that I do not check because it's my rule. It just sits in index funds, and I don't look at it because I will feel shame or I'll feel good. And it doesn't matter because I'm not going to access it till way later in life anyways. This week went down a little under 1%. It's about 6 bucks in my little play-around account. Invested some money in both index funds that I always do, the QQQ, the S&P 500. And then I threw a little bit more towards Apple because I knew they'd do decent. And I gave NVIDIA a little bit more money. And overall, this week was pretty successful. I was able to pull off two days of consecutive 5% returns, which was really exciting because I'm very new to trading individual stocks. Well, that about wraps it up for today's episode. We'll be right back after one more ad break with the outro. And I have a very important question for you guys. So make sure you stick around. See you in a bit. And that's the end of our third episode of Investing on a Budget. Thank you guys for coming in, but I do have one more question for Beckham. Are you Team Sting Jesus or are you Team Shark Ray? Can I get some context, please? <laughs> okay, so there, there's this aquarium. I don't know where. I didn't do even nearly enough research. I just thought of this, like, last minute to ask you. Where there is a female stingray in a tank with no other male stingrays. There okay. are some other female stingrays, and there are some sharks, including male sharks. So the question that everybody's asking is, is this the Sting Jesus? Are we getting the incarnation of the stingray god, or is it a shark ray? And I don't even want to imagine how that went down. What do you think, Beckham? 
Um, I kind of feel like the logical answer here is the shark ray. Yeah, it's so, so logical for a shark to just eat. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it's more likely to happen than a sing Jesus, in that, my that's, opinion. That's fair. That's fair. That's my reasoning. All right. What about you? Personally, I'm also Team Shark Ray. I think it's way funnier, but I do think it would be awesome if Sting Jesus came around. That that's a that's a savior I could get behind. <laughs> Real. And, uh, anyways, uh, Beckham, do you want to tell them what we're gonna do next week? All right, guys. Next week we're gonna be talking about index funds. So get ready. That's what the shark said to the stingray. <laughs> I'm not cutting that one. Anyways, um, we'll, be, we'll be back next week. Thank you guys for coming. We have 7 a.m. every week. I'm not redoing it. Why? It's perfect. <laughs> Index funds. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. No way. Beckham, say goodbye to the audience. Bye. Oh, shit. Give us a five-star review, please. Um, if you've listened, review us. Give us a five-star review. If you're not going to give us five or four stars, don't review it. How nice. Yeah. Um, don't forget to email in if you have any questions. And if you're on Spotify, you can answer the Q&A below to suggest a topic. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week. Adios. Investing on a Budget is hosted and produced by QBEJ Studios. New episodes every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern. All statements expressed by hosts and guests to the opinions of said hosts and guests are not to be interpreted as fact. Financial advice given by hosts and guests is meant to aid in the financial health of listeners. However, just as with any financial decisions, they are not without risk. And hosts and guests are not responsible for any losses or damages caused directly or indirectly by the following of their advice. If you have any questions, reach out to us at investingonabudgetpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.